Deuteronomy 4 and 9. Is it going to be up there? All right. It says, Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons. The NIV says, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Pastor, if you can pray. Father, you're an awesome God. Talk to us today. I pray that you would let your anointing and you may be seated the power of her influence today we're talking about mothers and mothers have a lot of influence in a lot of different lives not only their own children but we're going to start out talking 200 years ago with a woman named minty that's a that's a fun name that's not what her mama gave her but her name was minty and so she was born 200 years ago, and she was the third-generation slave. She worked for a living, and she had many, many scars on her body because of her work. Her mama worked all the time, and so she didn't have a lot of time to spend with her own kids. But she did have a heartbeat to keep her kids together. It, it rings, apparently. She wanted to keep her kids together, but in came somebody that was willing to buy three of her daughters. There was nine kids, and three of her daughters got sold, and her mama could do nothing about it. But then she heard that one of her sons was getting ready to be sold, and that mama stood her ground, and she hid her son. Now, she's just a slave, and she's working in her owner's land, and she went and she hid her own son. She hid him for one whole month, and finally, the owner had had enough. And he came for her son. Minty's mama met the man, the man at the door. It was the owner and the guy that was getting ready to buy her son. And she met him at the door. And I don't know what she had in her hand. Maybe that slaves, they weren't allowed to take home tools or whatever. Maybe she just had a handheld broom. I don't know. But she met him at the door and she said, You are after my son. But the first man that comes into my house, I'm going to split your head open. Now listen here, if you are not a mama yet, you don't know that feeling quite yet, but you probably will. Because if somebody comes after one of my sons, I'm going to meet you at the door and you might get your head split open. I'm not tough and I'm not mean, but you touch one of my babies, you try to take them from me, and we're going to fight. The men, whenever they were told that, they were her owner. You think that they would probably just be like, shut up. You're, you're going to sit down too. But those two men abandoned the cell. They walked away from that cell and they left her kids alone. She was allowed to keep all the rest of her children for the rest of the time there together. Minty saw her mom do this. And in her head, this slave girl who had stripes on her back, stripes on her wrists, she understood, we have power to resist. 29 years she worked for this man and all the time she said we have the power to resist 29 years later minty 
She did. She walked away. In the middle of the night, this slave escaped her owner, no longer to be held by him, and she wasn't caught. She went all the way past the Mason-Dixon line into Pennsylvania, and she was able to get away. She said, after she crossed the Mason-Dixon line, she said, I had to actually look at my hands to see if I was the same person. There was such a glory over everything. The sun came like a god through the trees. Over the fields, I felt like I was in heaven. She earned her freedom that day by walking away. But in her head, she always knew mama resisted. Mama resisted whenever somebody came for her kids. I can resist too. And she got to the place that she felt like that she was in heaven. She had to look at her own hands. Am I the same person? She felt like that she was in heaven. And she didn't get there and say, I'm free, I'm free, I can stay here forever. She got in her head, I can't do this alone. I've got to go back. I've got to go back and I've got to get my family. So she saved her money and a law was passed. The law was called the Fugitive Slave Law. And this Fugitive Slave Law said that if you were caught, you might be free, but if you were caught helping a slave to get free, you were going to be jailed as well. That came to pass, but she didn't care. She knew her mama, she fought against the people that were coming against her family, and she was willing to do the same thing. She saved her money, and in the middle of the night, she went back to where she was held in bondage. She went back and she collected some of her family. She couldn't get them all, but she collects some of them. And she hid them away in the night. It was 90 miles that she had to travel to get to freedom. She went 90 miles with some of her family and she got them to freedom too. She didn't stop there. She went back again. Over and over and over again. Sometimes she had to put bonnets on. They said that sometimes she took chickens with her in order to be able to look like that she was just doing a job. She had her little bonnet and her little chickens, but in her head she was a resistance fighter. She was going back for her family. She was going back to bring them into what she felt like was heaven. She didn't let a man-made law stop her. She worked and she saved all of her family that she could. She even went back and she saved her own parents. She brought them into where she thought was heaven. That was above the Mason-Dixon line. Her mother's strength passed on, not because she thought in that immediate time whenever somebody came to her door to get her sons, oh, I'm gonna make an influence on my child's life here. No, she knew that she had to fight. She was willing to resist and her daughter, Minty, was able to pick that up and she was to fight and aided on her own 70 other people to get to freedom. After that, she helped other people and she is noted to have helped save over 3,000 individuals. Her people who watched her go from the land where they were enslaved into the land where they were free they called her Moses, and you can understand why. She brought them out of bondage into freedom. Her people called her Moses, but we remember her as Harriet Tubman. Moses. Moses had a mama too. Her name was Jochebed, and we all know that story. Jochebed lived in a time, it was 
documented in the Exodus. She lived in Egypt as a slave, and Pharaoh decreed that all the Israelite baby boys, they were going to get killed. She, as well, stood up. She resisted. She said, not my baby. <laughs> she might have said, you come in here and try to take my baby, your head's going to get split in two. But she hid him away for not only one month, but she hid him away for three months. And if you guys have had babies, you know how hard that would be. I can't even imagine trying to hold a baby for three months and not be found. She had three months to plan. And she eventually said, we're going to make a basket and we're going to send him off. No doubt those three months, she prayed, God, what am I to do next? What am I going to do? This is my baby and I can't have him forever. But she made a basket and she sent him down the river. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine sending my baby down the river. But no doubt God had been with her and had steadied her heart because that's a scary thing to be able to send your, your baby down the river. But God used that for the good of the whole entire Israelite nation. She resisted the devil or resisted Egypt and she was willing to stand up and say, oh no, not my baby. In that, he was taken, you know the story, taken into Pharaoh's home, and then she was able to bring him up. I'm sure she didn't waste a moment. She told those stories about God. She told those, those stories about Christian God that was willing to save him. She told those stories that would live in his life. Did she tell him, hey, I'm your mama? Probably not. She probably could have gotten killed for that. But she did implant the word of God into his heart to where whenever he was old enough and the time was right, he became the savior of the whole entire nation. <clears throat> and finally, <laughs> what will your influence be? We have Jochebed, and her resistance led to freedom from, for God's people. We know the influence that Minty had with all of the people today. We even know the influence that Eve had with one little sin. If I say Adam and Eve, you guys probably think Eve. She had a sin, and we have to have the influence of that even today. But there was one more story that I wanted to share with you. It's a very, very brief story. It's Matthew 15, 22 through 28. And I think they're going to have it on the board. It says, Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just when a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, she didn't meet him with a, hey, hey, Jesus. She met him with a shout. Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented with a demon. But he didn't answer her. So Jesus just kind of seems to ignore her. And she's shouting so much so that her, his buddies that are all around say, Oh, just send her away. Send her away. She's too busy shouting. We don't want her around here. And she says, Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter is tormented with a demon. She had one child, one child that needed help. Jesus was the savior of the Israelites, the Jews. She was not a Jew. And Jesus answers and said, 
I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And I kind of think he's saying to, the, to the, uh, his buddies, Am I, was I just sent to them? Was I just sent to the Jews? Was I just sent to the Israelites? Or am I here to help them too? He knew the answer. But he asked them that. Whenever he asked that, she took it to mean that, that he was still the Savior. He was still the one that was going to be heal, healing people. She came and she knelt before him. And she said, Lord, help me, help me. And he answered, is it not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs? <laughs> I'm just asking God for help. I have come to this man. I am not a Jew. And I'm coming to him for help because my child needs help. How many of you mamas are willing to step foot where it doesn't look like you should belong just to say, my baby? My baby needs help. Mine is going to be healed. And the God says, can I give food to the dogs? Was he calling her a dog? And should you get what the Israelites? I think he was actually talking to his, his buddies who thought that was true. And she says, oh, but God, even one little crumb, even just one little crumb that falls, the dogs get. Even if I'm a dog, even if I am nothing, even if I can't be your child, if I can just have one crumb, guys, if I can have just one crumb for my children, if I can just come and come to his feet and say just one crumb, just fall down. And Jesus didn't meet her with doubt. He met her and said, your faith, your faith has healed your daughter. And it, in the next verse, it says, she was immediately healed. It wasn't down the road. She was immediately healed just because that mama was not willing to say, I'm a dog. I shouldn't even be here. I'm so sorry. That's my baby. That's my baby that I'm asking you for. He need, she needs a healing. She needs you, God. So what will your influence be? Mamas, daddies, what will your influences be? Are you willing to stand up against the enemy for your kids? Because I tell you, he's coming after them. Every single day, Satan is coming after your babies, your sweet babies that I love, the sweet babies that you love, the sweet babies that have walked away. Satan is coming after them. Are you willing to stand up against the devil for them? What does that look like? Show them faithfulness to the house of God. Whenever you are faithful, those kids, in school we say kids need to have structure. They need to know what we're doing this part of the day. Transition to this part of the day. Why? Because it gives them a sense of, uh, of um, help me out, structure. There we go. <laughs> it, it lets them know, I understand what's coming next. Whenever you're faithful to the house of God and your kids don't have to say, are we going to church today? Are we going to church? They know the church doors are open. I am here. You can teach them. Deuteronomy 6 and 7 tells us to teach them diligently unto the children. Talk of them in the house. Where? In your house. Talk of them in your house. Not only that, but when you walk, when you lie down, and when you rise up, that doesn't leave much more out of my day. It's in my house, when I walk, when I lay down, and when I rise up. That pretty much sums up my whole day right there. And it says talk of God's principles. Talk that he is one God. Yes. 
tell your children the principles of God without a shadow of a doubt in this home he is God so and the last thing that we can do to make a good godly influence into our children's lives is be willing to pray be willing to intercede that takes time and mamas I know you don't have very much of it but the only way that we can save our children is if he stands for our children if we're willing to take those crumbs that fall to us through our busy busy day and say oh that's mine that's mine that's for my baby that's mine my kids are going to be saved if you guys are willing to stand up and pray for your children stand up and worship and let's give God praise. Yeah.